Hello, and welcome to the Antioch Fort Worth weekly podcast. At Antioch, our desire is to cultivate a passion for Jesus and his purposes on the earth. To connect with us in community, partner with us through giving, or visit on a Sunday morning, please visit AntiochFortWorth.com. I'm excited to share with you guys today, and I love this church, and I love the people in this church, and I feel like the Lord's given me a word today to share with you. And I believe Jesus is wanting to encounter you, he's wanting to encourage you, he's wanting to build you up this morning. Um, I want to start off by just showing a picture of my family here. Uh, they're amazing. Uh, Rachel on the left, we got little our twin girls, Reagan uh, that on, on the left, Rose with the glasses, and then Mason who is four there on the right. He is cheesing hard right there. He is trying. He was, he, he, we bribed him with suckers. Family photos with small children are like, whoo, help me Jesus. Uh, but we, we bribed them with candy, and so he went over the top for that sucker right there. Uh, so uh, I love them. I'm thankful for them. Uh, we're in this Advent season, and Advent simply means coming. And we are celebrating the coming of Jesus into the world. Uh, and as we uh, gather today, my hope is that you create space in your own heart uh, for Jesus to come and dwell uh, inside of you and inside your home this Christmas season. Uh, and I really want to release us just from this uh, fear of not celebrating Advent like good enough. Can we just like throw that out the door um, and say that's not of the Lord, but actually Jesus is saying like, hey, I'm right here. Like just I'm right here, right now. Like, you're here in this room because you're wanting to celebrate Advent. (laughs) You're wanting to remember the coming of Jesus. And so uh, instead of getting locked up in this idea of am I doing it good enough, like, you're doing it. Like, just receive that. Receive what the the Lord has for you uh, today. We've been in this, this sermon series and talking about the gift. And really, everything we've received is a gift from the Lord, the very... Uh, breath inside our lungs, the, the, the bodies that we begin, everything is gift. And so um, we started, James started off with the gift of Emmanuel, God with us. And then we talked about the gift of life together as we celebrated 30 years as a church. And then Jamie talked about the gift of hope last week. And then this morning, I want to talk about the gift of joy uh, that Jesus brings to us. And so uh, we're going to stand up uh, and read uh, Luke chapter 2, 1 through 20 together uh, this morning. Read with me. In those days, Caesar Augustus issued a decree that a census should be taken of the entire Roman world. This was the first census that took place while Quirinius was governor of Syria, and everyone went to their own town to register. So Joseph also went up from the town of Nazareth and Galilee to Judea, to Bethlehem, the town of David, because he belonged to the house and line of David. He went there to register with Mary, who was pledged to be married to him and was expecting a child. And while they were there, the time came for the baby to be born. And she gave birth to her firstborn, a son. She wrapped him in cloths and placed him in a manger because there was no guest room available for them. And there were shepherds living out in the fields nearby, keeping watch over their flocks at night. An angel of the Lord appeared to them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were terrified. But the angel said to them, Do not be afraid. I bring you good news that will cause great joy for all the people. Today in the town of David, a Savior has been born to you, and he is the Messiah, the Lord. This will be a sign to you. 
You will find a baby wrapped in cloths and lying in a manger. Suddenly, a great company of heavenly hosts appeared with the angel praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest heaven, and on earth peace to those on whom his favor rests. When the angel had left them and gone into heaven, the shepherds said to one another, Let's go to Bethlehem and see this thing that has happened, which the Lord has told us about. So they hurried off and found Mary and Joseph and the, the baby who was lying in the manger. And when they had seen him, they spread the word concerning what had been told them about this child. And all who heard it were amazed at what the shepherds said to them. But Mary treasured up all these things and pondered them in her heart. The shepherds returned, glorifying and praising God for all the things they had heard and seen, which were just as they had been told. This is the word of God, and we say, you may be seated. Um, I thought our kids did an awesome job of sharing some of uh, the joys of Christmas, but I would, thought I would tag onto that with a little uh, bit of uh, fun of my own around the Christmas season, including, but not limited to, fun holiday Christmas parties, Lindy's chocolate chip cookies, amen. Uh, I just love, Lindy's chocolate chip cookies are really good. Uh, opening presents, putting up the biggest Christmas tree I can possibly convince my wife to agree with. Uh, looking at Christmas lights, extra time with family, making memories, watching football. Can I get a witness? Amen. Thank you, Jesus. Uh, a good movie, uh, Christmas Eve services, Christmas music, playing with my kids, seeing those around me living in joy, and just Christmas traditions in general. But if you're like me, uh, this time of year, you probably got a lot on your mind and a lot on your plate, and uh, it's easy for the enemy come, to come in and just steal our joy. Um, and just because we have consistent struggles this time of year doesn't make them any less of real struggles that we are dealing with. Um, and so some of the things that steal my joy around this time are being in a rush, uh, travel, uh, toddler meltdowns, all three of those together, uh, shopping, long lines, long lines while shopping. I hate shopping. Hate shopping. Uh, unforgiveness in my heart uh, when things don't go according to my expectations, not having a schedule or a plan for my day. Disorganization, a lack of sleep or time with the Lord, worrying about finances, busyness that prevents me from connecting with my wife, family conflict, unforgiveness. And the thing is, is that those things cause me, they don't just stop there. They cause me to get angry or overly intense easily aggravated, ungrateful, to withdraw, to be a smart aleck. I turn in on myself and I begin to get focused on my own needs instead of the needs of the people around me. I get overly task-oriented. I fail to maintain perspective. I fail to believe the best about people um, and uh, have grace. I lose hope and, and become just a straight-up Scrooge. Can anyone relate? <laughs> Okay, help us Jesus, right? You're like, why is this guy up there? Uh, <laughs> I mean, I need Jesus, y'all. I'm, I'm, a, I'm a wreck. I'm a mess. Um, so, but what about you? Like, what are the things that bring you joy? And, and what are the things that steal your joy this time of year? And I think it's important that we're really aware of those things. And it's actually important that the people around us are aware of those things as well. Both the things that bring us joy so that they can enter into and help create environments where that joy can flow. 
But also they need to be aware of and know uh, the things that really steal our joy this time of year. And so just help them out. Just share those things with them. Uh, because joy really is a group project. And it's not just about you getting it all together. It's actually about us coming around one another this time of year to help one another walk out in the fullness of joy that Jesus has for us. So, hey, just turn to the person next to you and say, hey, I give you permission to walk in joy today. Just give them permission. Hey, I give you permission. Just give them permission. Hey, look, you just got permission to be joyful. How awesome is that? Is that not a good thing? Like, I just need to hear that sometimes. Hey, I'm giving you some permission. Blake, I'm giving you some permission to be joyful today. Amen, right? Receive it. Just receive it today. Um, And so I wouldn't consider myself a naturally, like, happy person. Uh, I just, it's not, some people, like, I don't know, they just wake up and, like, they're just joyful. Like, our nanny is one of those people. She just is always joyful. And I'm like, I don't know how you do it, but... Uh, I'm a little jealous. Um, And I feel like joy is something that I really have to fight for. Like, I really have to work for it. Uh, I got to get time with the Lord. Like, I've got to be in Jesus' presence. And I got to express my heart uh, to Him. And so, uh, coffee helps. Amen. Uh, Good sleep helps. Um, But when people come and they're like, Micah, you you just need to be happier. I'm like... You're not helping me right now. Uh, uh, But when people come to me and they're like, hey, what's going on? Like, how are you doing? And they speak identity over me and they take time to listen to me. uh, And I feel known and I feel seen. Man, the joy of the Lord starts to rise up in me. And so let's be present with the people around us. And... Uh, in those places, despite my circumstances being uh, different, I've changed. I've changed. Um, and although joy is a group project, like we all, like I am responsible for my own joy. And I'm going to contend for that um, no matter what. And so uh, I've really come to realize that joy is less of an emotion and feeling. And it's more, a, uh, it's less of a destination. It's more of a journey. I'm on a journey of joy. And Jesus is inviting us into that journey with him. He's got vision for our lives, even when we don't have vision for ourselves. And joy, you know, is a holistic devotion to Jesus marked by maturity, kindness, uh, patience, purity, thankfulness, humility, worship and faith. And I just want to say in the presence of the Lord is the fullness of joy. And so even when we don't have it in of ourselves, when we get into his presence, like that's where we find the real joy that we need. And so um, I'm thankful for the gift of joy. And these are simple truths, but I really believe if we take them to heart, like they're really going to change the way we live. And I really believe it's going to change the way that this next week is, is about to go. And so uh, the joy of the Lord is our strength. And that's not your joy. Like, that's his joy that you're getting in on. And so even when I'm feeling empty and not very joyful, I know his joy. He's got the joy. And so if I can get close to Jesus, then I can tap into his joy. Uh, and it starts to change me. 
It starts to change the way I look and the way that I interact with other people. Um, and so uh, joy really is a commitment to do whatever it takes to find Jesus' heart in every situation we find ourselves in. That's true joy. And I really believe God created us in joy. Like, and we all, whether we realize it or not, whether we're believers or not, we're all moving towards what we think is going to bring us joy. And so God's not surprised by that. Uh, so as a result, in, the, in his, his kindness, he actually calls us, hey, like, I know you're created for joy. And so I'm going to call you to find your joy in me. Does that make sense? So we're created for joy. He knows where our hearts are moving towards what we see as joyful. And so he's calling us to move towards that. And he's giving us his spirit by his grace to, to get there. I also realized that um, the holidays can sometimes be a very challenging time. And even as I look across this room, I know many of your stories. I know some of the things that you guys have been through. Uh, and I know some of y'all are facing some really hard and challenging things right now. And I just want to acknowledge that. And, you know, family dynamics can be hard this time of year. Some of y'all might be facing um, really hard financial situations. Um, and some of y'all may be facing a health diagnosis or a health condition that is really serious or depression or dealing with grief and loss. And I just want to say um, on the front end, like, Jesus, man, he sees you. Uh, he sees you. And he loves you. And he's with you today. And he's wanting uh, to bring you joy in the midst of that pain and suffering. Uh, there is a battle going on around us. The enemy uh, doesn't take a break off. It take, doesn't take a break at Christmas time. Unfortunately, he is out to seek, kill, and destroy. And uh, he doesn't really um, like uh, people acknowledging <laughs> Jesus' incarnation. Uh, he's not really into that. Um, and uh, he, he, um, he's going he's gonna, to he's gonna come after you guys. He's going to come after you. He's going to come after us. And so instead of being surprised by that, let, let's be aware of that uh, as we come into this week. And there's a battle going on. Don't be deceived. There is a battle going on for your attention, for your affection, for your adoration, right. and for your joy. Yep. Uh, but Jesus hasn't left us on our own to fight that battle. And uh, the enemy is going to try to exploit your insecurities this week. He is going to uh, try to uh, get you into a cycle of fear. Um, he's going to try to get you to lash out at the people around you or maybe just to emotionally withdraw completely. Um, so let's not be unaware of the enemy's tactics this time. But thankfully, we can take heart because that's not the end of the story. Here's my prayer for, for us today. Lord, would you encourage and focus the hearts of our church on you, on your coming, and on your glory? Would you fill us with deep and authentic joy to sustain and animate and awaken our souls today, in turn giving us joy to share with those around us this Christmas season? Amen. Here's my main thing I'm trying to say. Jesus has come to bring us good news of great joy. Good news of great joy. Good news of great joy. Um, so let's come back to the scriptures and see what God has to say about how we can receive his gift of joy. Luke 2, 10 through 11. Do not be afraid. 
I bring you good news of great joy for all the people. Today in the town of David, a Savior has been born to you. He is the Messiah, the Lord. That is good news. And so I want to take five simple takeaways from this passage to allow us to fully receive this gift of joy that the Lord has for us. Uh, Point number one, don't be afraid. Don't be afraid. How many times in scripture do we read scripture and how many times are we hearing from the Lord? Don't be afraid. Don't be afraid. Don't be afraid. He tells it to Moses. He tells it to Joshua. He tells this, he says it to Gideon over and over and over again. When Jesus is later, when he's resurrected, what does he say when he comes to the disciples? Don't be afraid. Don't be afraid. Even though you should have known this was coming. Don't be afraid. Don't be afraid. Peace be with you. I'm here with you. He repeats it over and over and over because he knows we need to hear it. And here in this passage, uh, God is speaking that again because he knows that, man, we have to get past the fear in order to receive the promise. Like God knows that. Like we've got to get past the fear in order to get to his promises. So he's just coming right out of the gate saying, don't be afraid. I'm here. I'm here with you. And then as we look at just the Christmas story, We see Jesus saying this to multiple characters in the story. Starting in Matthew 1, 18 through 21, uh, this is where um, the the Lord uh, comes, an angel comes to Joseph. And verse 20, but after he had said and considered this, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream and said, Joseph, son of David, do not be afraid to take Mary home as your wife, because what is conceived in her is from the Holy Spirit. She will give birth to a son, and you are to give him the name Jesus because he will save his people from their sins. Then in Luke 11, 11 through 14, an angel of the Lord comes to Zechariah. And what does he say? Uh, well, first off, Zechariah saw him. He's startled and he's gripped with fear. But the angel said to him, don't be afraid. Your prayer has been heard. Your wife Elizabeth will bear you a son and you are called to call him John. And he will be a joy and delight to you. And many will rejoice because of his birth. And then to Mary in Luke 12, uh, 1 26 through 33 um, the angel of the Lord went to her and said greetings you who are highly favored the Lord is with you Mary was greatly troubled at his words and wondered what kind of greeting this might be but the angel said to her don't be afraid you have found favor with God you will conceive and give birth to a son and you are to call him Jesus he will be called the son of the most high the Lord God will give him the throne of his father David and he will reign over Jacob's descendants forever His kingdom will never end. We do some crazy stuff when we're afraid. Really. The worst decisions I've ever made in my life were when I was afraid. And, uh, you know, um, (laughs) we start to say and believe uh, crazy things when we're afraid. That's where the enemy can really have a heyday and come in and just start really lying to us when we're in that place of fear. Um. And, and, you know, I'm afraid of, of losing my temper. I'm afraid of my family not knowing the love of Jesus. I'm afraid of not finding peace and rest. I'm afraid I won't find the presence of Jesus or have the love of Jesus to share with others. I'm afraid I'll be locked into anxiety or task mode all the time. Um, what are you afraid of this Christmas season? I think it's important that we, we, we name it. We get it out there. Uh, Because then Jesus can come and speak truth uh, to it. Hear Jesus saying to you this morning, don't be afraid. Over and over and over. And every time that fear starts coming up and rising up inside of you, 
Every time you step into that family uh, dysfunctional situation and those old fears just start rising up, like it's never going to change, it's never going to be any, any different, uh, just hear the Lord saying, don't be afraid. Don't be afraid. Don't be afraid. Second thing we see in this passage is a call to believe the good news. And there were shepherds living out in the fields nearby, keeping watch over their flocks at night. An angel of the Lord appeared to them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were afraid. <laughs> Don't be afraid. I bring you good news of great joy for all the people. Today in the town of David, a Savior has been born to you, Messiah. and He is the Messiah of the Lord. There are a lot of news outlets out there, um, but this is the greatest news of all. This is the greatest news of all. There is no greater news than this. And uh, in the news world, you always want to be the first to break a story. It brings you notoriety. Uh, people pay attention to you. You get a financial gain uh, from being somebody who breaks a news story. Um, and uh, you, you, you think about uh, these are people that are normally pretty well connected uh, that are breaking uh, news stories. Uh, but for some reason, God decides to break this news story with a bunch of shepherds, though, right? Talk about the, like, least connected people you could think of. Uh, they're shepherds. Like, they don't get the news, like, till way later than everybody else. Uh, what's going on? And, um, uh, but uh, he chooses them for some reason. And he grabs their attention. Uh, with this bright and glorious scene. Um, and uh, so what has your attention this, this Christmas season? You don't have to be a rocket scientist to know that uh, our attention spans are not typically expanding, uh, but they're shrinking. Uh, and we check our phones all the time. Uh, Google and Apple and advertisers have invested billions of dollars to capture your attention. And if you're not sure what the product is, you are the product. Uh, and they know exactly how much your attention is worth, and they have quantified it uh, numerically, and they are coming for you. Uh, they really are. The entire Facebook, Instagram, Twitter model is built off of your attention. That is the commodity that they are, are, are utilizing. Uh, because if they can grab your attention, uh, then they can grab your the rest of you, your pocketbook included. Um, and so what is your attention worth? What is your attention worth? I, I think we, it's not that we think too much of our attention. I think it's we think too little of it. So we just throw it away to whatever comes across our feed or whatever comes across our phone. Um, and, and so God got their attention really fast. And he said, I want you to pay attention to this. And yet, despite these like angelic and glorious moments uh, that the shepherds are experiencing, uh, an angel showing up, uh, and then like a heavenly host of angels like singing to them, like all of these are just like huge arrows pointing to Jesus. And so, like God wants to capture your attention, but He wants to focus it on the person of Jesus. That's what He is going for. And sometimes it comes at unexpected times, and sometimes it comes in unexpected people, but we should be ready. Our hearts should be looking and longing for Jesus this Christmas season. So don't be distracted. Don't be distracted. Position your hearts so that when Jesus shows up, 
that you are ready to respond this Christmas season. I think about people like Mary and Joseph, the shepherds, the wise men, Anna and Simeon in the temple. They were looking for something. They were looking for the Messiah. And so a lot of people miss Jesus. Even when he's like right in front of them performing miracles, they like missed him. Um, don't miss Jesus. Have a heart like Anna and Simeon where you are cultivating a heart of looking and longing for the Lord. And I believe that in that place, like Jesus is going to meet there, meet you there. I believe Jesus has come to win our attention this Christmas with good news and to rightly direct our expectations. That he's come, that he's alive, that he's done it, that he's victorious, that he's won the victory for our joy. That he hasn't left us in our sins, but he's come to us. So what, what's one simple thing you can do this Advent season to fix your attention on Jesus? So that you can recognize his coming to you and see the good news as good news. Is the good news good news to you? And so maybe it's an Advent devotional. Maybe it's just a Christmas album. Maybe it's uh, going to a Christmas Eve service. Um, maybe it's uh, going to a nativity, whatever it may be, reading, uh, I'm reading, I'm trying to read the, the Christmas story to my, my kids, like that's one of the ways I'm trying to do it, um, it's just, it's nothing fancy, it's nothing like overly complicated, um, but uh, it's just the simple act of fixing our attention on Jesus, right. and there's power there, so don't underestimate the power of your attention. The third thing I believe Jesus is calling us to is to experience great joy. I'm a pretty rational dude by nature. Uh, I wouldn't exactly call myself emotional. I had a feeling once just to see what it felt like. Uh, <laughs> just kidding. Uh, my wife uh, does tell me I need to grow in an emotional awareness and sensitivity. Uh, and uh, I'm actually pretty bad at articulating what I'm feeling in the moment. Um, and so I need help with that. I need uh, to emotionally, uh, or excuse me, verbally process to get some uh, perspective and actually see and acknowledge that I was feeling something and it was affecting me um, despite uh, my pride. Uh, and um, I think it's helpful for us to learn how to express our emotions. <laughs> All the ladies said amen, right? Uh, it, for us guys, it, it's, it can be harder. Uh, but uh, man, it's, it's really important uh, for us to express them and it just normalizes them. Um, and it removes some of their power over us. And so emotions are a gift from God. He created them. Uh, and so our emotions, uh, we should pay, a, pay a attention to them. They're great indicators, but they're not always trustworthy guides. And so we've got to be able to discern between that. Um, and I've been listening, uh, side note, I've been listening to this great podcast called Being Known by Dr. Kurt Thompson. He just released a book. Um, it's amazing. It's really been helping me. So if you're uh, needing some help in the area of emotional uh, health and awareness, um, man, there's some really good start, uh, stuff on there, and I highly encourage you uh, to check it out. Um, and so uh, maybe it's just me, but oftentimes, sometimes I will try to separate my faith from my emotions. And part of that, like, is good, right? Like, our, we should have faith um, that can endure everything that we go through, but I, I don't necessarily think that's what God is, is going for. He's actually wanting our emotions to serve 
uh, our faith that is being expressed. And so we have convictions. We have the word of God as our guide, uh, no matter what we're feeling. But man, let's allow our emotions to come to life in the person of Jesus. And then I think our faith is going to be a lot more fun. Uh, because it's no longer just a task for us. Our, our, our faith is not just a to-do list for us. It's actually a lifestyle. It's actually a way to live. Uh, it's a way to do Christmas. Uh, that's what I want. Like, that's what I'm going for, and I want to uh, call us to that. And so um, the, uh, the angels are coming, and, and they say, I bring you good news of great joy. And so, like, they're connecting the incarnation to our emotions. Like one of the ways that you are going to fully understand the incarnation is by emotionally entering into it. Actually, our emotions are integral to our experience of faith. They're a gift from the Lord. And it's going to be marked by joy and by peace and by hope, by the grace of God. When I get into worship, my heart is moved. For some reason, it's just one of those spaces and places that the Lord meets me. Um, and it may, be, that may not, it may be something different for you. Uh, and that's okay. It doesn't have to look one way. But I feel safe in the place of worship to express my emotions to God. We've got to find those safe places where we can express our emotions to God. However it looks like for you and your personality. And um, you would understand the, the reason I worship the way I do is because Jesus has pulled me out of some really dark places. And just three years ago, uh, Rachel was in the hospital all of December and not exactly a great way to celebrate Christmas as we were dealing with um, our, she, our twins uh, were high, high risk, at high risk. And so she had to be hospitalized um, in the event that there had to be an emergency delivery. Um, that's not like a fun way to like celebrate Christmas. Um, but yet Jesus like met us there. And so, um, man, there's joy to be had even in the hardest moments um, that we go through. And uh, there's joy on the other side even when we can't, we can't, we can't find it in the moment. Um, because God is there. He's, he's faithful. He's faithful. I really believe that, um, man, when we, we see Jesus, uh, man, he, he's going to bring us great joy. And, and one day we will see him face to face, and our joy will be fulfilled. It'll be fulfilled. That's going to be a good day, and I long for that day. I think it's good that we let our hearts yearn for that day. But, uh, man, I... I but we are given a grace and a space to celebrate now. Uh, I was talking to Phil last week, a couple weeks ago, and I, man, I just believe church should be fun. <laughs> like, I believe church should be fun. Like, we should be the most joyful people on the earth because we know the creator of joy. Um, and so, like, once again, I give you permission to be joyful this Christmas. And you don't have to be fake. You don't have to work it up. Like, just... Just let the joy of the Lord flow in your house, in your home. Let's allow our hearts to be moved by God to a place of joy this Christmas. The fourth thing, we're called to seek Jesus in community. Um, Luke 2, 15 through 16. When the angels had uh, left them and gone into heaven, the shepherds said to one another, 
Okay, we're good. We, we had an angelic visitation. No, no, they weren't. No, they said, let's go. Like, let's go. Let's go to Bethlehem. Let's go. Come on, let's go. Let's go to Bethlehem and see this thing that happened, which the Lord has told us about. Sometimes we got to say, let's go to one another. All right? We got to fire it up and say, let's go. Put some more weight on the rack. Let's go. Uh, you can do it, right? We need those people in our lives who are going to push us and help us to get to our potential in Jesus. Okay? Uh, so if you need me to encourage you, I'll come over to your house when it's time to spend time with the Lord, and I'll say, let's go. Come on. I'll, I'll do it. Just call me up. I'm serious. I will call you up and say, let's go. Uh, I love to encourage people, and I love how the shepherds, man, they were not passive about their angelic visitation. They didn't just say, I had my God encounter, I'm good. No, they let their God encounter fuel them to meet with the person of Jesus on a deeper level. And guess what? They went from this crazy, glorious moment to this very mundane and simple moment. I think that's what the glory of God is meant to do. It's to take us from the glorious moments that we experience God on the mountaintop and take us to the really simple and mundane moments that, are, that would, could easily be overlooked or missed or perceived as boring. Man, like we got this crazy dichotomy going on here. And yet the beauty of beholding Jesus will never be trumped by an angelic visitation. Don't miss just beholding Jesus. And the simplicity, and even if it feels boring and you're like, am I doing this right? Just behold him. Just take some time and behold him. And so what are we supposed to do in light of these glorious moments? We're supposed to seek him. Like we're supposed to seek him out. And I love that they were doing it in the context of community. We need people around us to call us to seek him. I don't want to do it. I want to be planted around people that when it's time to go, that they're calling me to go seek him. I want to be planted in a community where people are seeking the heart of God. Yes. Don't settle for just a glimpse when God wants you beho to behold him face to face. And they hurried. They weren't passive. I don't know how far they traveled. I don't know who watched their sheep when they were gone. Uh, but I know that they had a sense of urgency about getting to see Jesus face to face. So what's it going to look like for you to be planted in community this season? What's it going to look like for you to seek him? Ask and it will be given to you. Knock and the door will be opened to you. Seek and you will find for everyone who asks receives and to he who seeks finds and to him who knocks the door will be opened. And so let's have a sense of urgency about seeking Jesus. Get up with him. Make him the first thing you do uh, in your day is to seek him. Fifth, proclaim the good news to all people. When they had seen him, they spread the word concerning what had told, been told them about this child. And all who heard it were amazed at what the shepherds said to them. But Mary treasured up all these things and pondered them in her heart. The shepherds returned, glorifying and praising God for the things that they had seen and heard, which were just as they'd been told. Man, what did they do after they had seen Jesus? They spread the word. 
They became the first evangelist about the coming of Jesus into the world. And all who heard it were amazed. Man, these guys were shepherds. They were country folk. And they weren't like the most well-connected. They weren't politically influential. They weren't well-known. They weren't financially prominent in their community. Uh, they didn't really have much to offer the people around them. But for some reason, God chose these guys to be the first evangelist. That should encourage you. That should encourage you that even when you don't feel like you've got much or you're not worthy, God is saying, hey, I, I've got something for you. I've got something for you. And he invites the shepherds to be the ones that start proclaiming. And what people are amazed. People, like, these are not the teachers of the law. Like, these are, they got their country doll and they're talking about, man, I just saw Jesus. I, I just saw him. I'm telling you, man, it was amazing. I don't know how they did it. Sorry. Uh, that was bad. Uh, you know, people, like, they, they were amazed, though, because they saw these guys are different. Like, they've, something has happened to them. And so, uh, despite their lack of, of knowledge or experience, um, uh, the impact of their encounter with Jesus and their enthusiasm about that encounter spoke way more to people than their communication skills, status, or presentation. And so our enthusiasm about Jesus speaks volumes to people. Um, and the message of encouragement that we bring to people, like they're going to see it in our faces. They're going to hear it in our voices. And uh, even if you don't feel like you're the most like... Um, well put together or well-spoken person like people are going to see the genuineness of your faith and that's what's going to draw them to the heart of God when was the last time you were truly amazed by Jesus Lord we want to be amazed by you today where'd they go back to right back where they came from they went right back to their fields and so man like ah like I think uh, for us, like, man, what would it look like to go back to our homes today, to our workplaces, uh, but to go back different? Like, these guys went right back to their fields, um, right back to their sheep, right back to their homes and to their families. And uh, I don't, I don't want to go back different. You know, I, I don't want to go back unchanged. I want to be different. Like, it's good that we're changing. Um, and sometimes we go back to just the basic mundane things of life. Um, but I think, once again, we can find God there. And so the shepherds have this angelic visitation, and they're glorifying, they're praising God. These guys are loud. And it says, Mary, but Mary pondered these things in her heart. And so there's a time to get loud, to glorify and praise God. But man, sometimes there's a time just to, to be still and quiet and ponder in our hearts, this revelation of God's coming. And so whatever it looks like for you, uh, maybe it need, you need to get loud, uh, but maybe you, you actually need to get quiet um, and still your heart this, this, this year. The last thing I want to point out is that it was for all peoples, uh, those that were Jewish and those that were Gentiles, those that uh, know him, those that don't know him, 
those in America and those all across the world who have never heard him. This is a good, this is a message of good news, of joy for all peoples. All peoples. Even for that family member that gets under your skin every Christmas. This is good news for them. Even for that family member that you think will never come to faith someday. Like, what if, you know, everybody wrote Saul off, but yet um, God, God had a different plan for him. So don't write the people in your family off. Don't write those that seem really hard, those, those coworkers that their hearts seem really hard to the gospel, to the good news. Like, don't write them off because this is good news of great joy for them too. The devil had thought he had won. Israel was in disrepair. The word of the Lord was non-existent and the people were in subjugation to Rome, but heaven broke in and everything changed. God could no longer be kept silent. Heaven could no longer be contained. A party broke out and it was loud. It was really loud. God had heard the prayers of his people over the last 400 years. And despite uh, Mary and Joseph having to travel nine months while pregnant on a donkey where they couldn't find a place to stay, people thought they were nuts and walking in infidelity, a Savior was born. And then the devil unleashed the genocide. Mary and Joseph had to become refugees. And yet God was working his plan in the most humble in unexpected of ways. Maybe God wants to break in and show up in your life this Christmas season in the most unexpected of ways at the most unexpected of times. Don't put God in the box. Don't put God in a box. Look for him and be expectant. When all seems lost, trust that he is going to bring joy and peace and hope. It may be loud and glorious, or it may be really simple and quiet and humble. What if God began to mark us as a people set apart by joy with a message of good news to share? How would this Christmas season, how would our families, how would our coworkers, how would our neighborhoods and church be different? In whatever form it takes, I believe God wants to pour out joy this Christmas season. Would you guys stand with me as we wrap up? I want to invite the ministry team to come forward for our worship team to come up. And if you're in this room and you're just longing for joy, I believe that God wants to pour it out today. If you're longing for hope or needing just the peace of God to rest on you, I believe that Jesus is wanting to, to pour it out today. If you're longing for Jesus to come and just to capture your attention, again, if you're like, man, it's been a long time since I've been fascinated by Jesus. Like, it's been a long time since I've been uh, caught up in his presence or amazed by his love. I believe that Jesus wants to meet with you today. If Jesus is calling you to seek him, to seek him with all your heart, man, I believe Jesus is calling you today. And if he's calling you to proclaim his glory, 
to those around you in a new and a fresh way, man, like there's grace today that the Lord wants to pour out here in our midst. And so, Lord, we thank you for your joy. Thank you that in our lowest moments, you're there, Lord. Thank you that the joy of the Lord is our strength. Thank you that in your presence is fullness of joy. Thank you, Lord, that you've come to bring us good news of great joy. Lord, would this go from our heads to our hearts, Lord, this revelation that you have come. Lord, let it be new today. Let it be fresh today. Let it come alive today. And Father, I want to pray, Lord Jesus, that whatever, Lord, is keeping us bound, Lord, in the place of sorrow or despair or anxiety or fear, Lord, that you would just begin to break that off, Lord. For those that are facing just really hard and challenging circumstances, Lord, of pain, of sickness, of loss, of conflict, of unforgiveness, Lord, would you begin to break in and bring hope today? Would you bring hope, Lord? And in that place, would you release joy? Joy, Lord. Joy when it doesn't even make sense, Lord. Joy when it's beyond our comprehension, Lord. Thank you, Lord, that you are a good God and you're a good Father and you're wanting to pour out joy today. We thank you, Jesus. We worship you in this house. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you for your joy. Thank you for your joy. Thank you for your joy, Lord. Thank you. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Yeah, if you need prayer, just invite you to come. Uh, if you need breakthrough in this place of joy, come and get prayer. Uh, we're going to worship here for a song, and then I'll wrap us up. Whatever you need, don't hesitate. Just come get prayer.